Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Some of you guys are like, hey, it's okay. Hey, come as you are. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, if you have your Bibles with you. And uh, man, I found a great verse that I believe just ties up our merry and bright series. And so we've had a great series this month. And I got to tell you, we talked about Mary and, the, and her encounter with the angel. We talked about Elizabeth and Zechariah, her husband. Uh, Pastor Tom talked about the majesty and the M&Ms, right? I had all the M&Ms, y'all got some chocolate candy this last week. And so today I want to talk about and wrap up the Christmas story. It's been kind of my prayer all month long as I pray for this church whether stigma is attached to Christmas or, or whatever, uh, whether you don't enjoy it or holidays can be a very difficult time for many, that my prayer is that let this year be merry and bright, not because of circumstances or people, but because of Jesus Christ, that Jesus changes our hearts, changes our lives. And so here at Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, it says, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude. How many know joy is a choice, but God gives us a lot of joy. Our hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance. God made us worthy to receive all that God has for our life, freely given to us by living in the light. And I got to tell you, the gospel doesn't take bad people and make them good. The gospel takes people like us, right, out of darkness into the light. And so we live in the light because we've received God's glorious free gift called salvation. Can I get an amen? Right? We didn't deserve it. It's unmerited. We, we shouldn't have it. But God gave it to us, a free gift called salvation. But Matthew chapter 10 verse 8 also says, freely we've received, so freely we give. Freely we receive, so freely we give. I can tell you, the older I'm getting, the more I'm actually enjoying Christmas. And what I love about Christmas is as a kid, I remember, uh, I just remember as a kid, Christmas season comes by, and you're like, I hope mom and dad got me this, right? Or I hope somebody got me this. I, I'm going to shake that present. I'm going to try to take the wrapping paper off, take a peek, you know what I mean? Like, I hope I get what I have. Or even after Christmas, man, I didn't get what I really, really wanted. But the older I get, the more I'm enjoying Christmas, not because of what I'm getting, but by what others are getting. I love seeing not just me giving, but what other people are receiving. I'm enjoying Christmas by seeing my son's face light up, by seeing family members light up, by seeing the joy of Christmas. What is it? It's by giving. The John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he he gave. He gave. He joyously gave. He gave his one and only son. So are you looking for a merry and bright Christmas? Then give more than you receive. Give more than you receive. Now, some of you are like, okay, pastor, right? Like the pastor's talking about give, give, give. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not a, hey, the church wants your money issue. This is a discipleship issue. That we say, God, if when I give, I find fulfillment in my life. That we're wired by God to make a difference. That when we give to others, we receive more out of that than actually receiving something for us. That I believe with all my heart that there are hormones that are released inside of us that when we make a difference, these hormones come out. And our bodies are healthier. We find more fulfillment in making an impact or what we call leaving a legacy. Now, here's what legacy is by definition. Legacy is what people remember when we're gone. What people will remember when we're gone. 
Here's what I love about the Christmas story. That when Jesus was born of a virgin, he was in the manger, that the wise men came. The wise men didn't immediately come that night, but they came, whether it's months or days later, and they came and they brought gifts that were fitted for a king. They brought gold, which is, I think is very practical for Mary and Joseph. They're like, no diapers, but gold will take it. Come on, somebody. Gold, some frankincense. They had essential oils back then, right? And then myrrh. And when they brought those gifts, they brought a gift fitted for a king because they wanted to give to the one who would give everything. And that's what I love about the Christmas story. And you go, why are you talking about legacy on the Sunday before Christmas Eve? And, that, and i got to hear you out. we got three wonderful identical services on Tuesday at 4, 5.30, well, 4, 5.15, 6.30 at Avenue Church. So I hope you could join us for an identical Christmas Eve service. It's going to be amazing. But I thought, how amazing would it be to give on December 22nd to, to the true king? There's nothing more special than a thoughtful gift. Because I love a thoughtful gift. A thoughtful gift is always remembered. You know, uh, just one of the many gifts that we received from wonderful family members yesterday, one of them was a, uh, one of our relatives. She came to our house, and she loves our dog, Chloe. And uh, she's a, she, I'm trying to give her the dog. Like, if you love her so much, you can have her. You know, just, just borrow her for a little bit. And uh, kidding, son. And so... She noticed, she, she has dogs, she's, she's like a dog professional, all right? And so she noticed we were getting treats out of a bag, or we would try to find a treat bag to give her a treat because she was doing good things. And so yesterday at Christmas, she gave us a cookie jar for all her treats, right? It's a doggy cookie jar. And she said, you just put it on your counter. We're like, that is so smart. I never even thought about it because I don't think about my dog. You know what I mean? And that's so great. And so now we have this cookie jar just for Chloe, my dog, for her treats on the kitchen table or kitchen counter. And the reason why I love that is because she saw a need and she filled it. She said, this is what they need. They don't even know they need it, but I'm going to get it for them because it's thoughtful. How many know a thoughtful gift is often remembered the most? A thoughtful gift is remembered the most. Now, I, uh, I'm a pastor, right? Believe it or not, come on. And uh, my, my family, um, you know, we don't have a uh, a tremendous, you know, legacy in our family yet, in Jesus' name. But people will say, Pastor Jeremy, is your dad a pastor? I said, no, there's no ministers in our family until now. And, uh, and so they go, is your dad a pastor? I'll say, no, but my dad's a used furniture salesman. Same thing, right? Same thing, all right. Same stuff. Bad joke, okay. I got somebody, though, somebody like that. Huh? You're like, I might just call this my church home. But they gave me my great-great-grandfather's Bible. And when they gave me my great-great-grandfather's Bible, I'm going, man, there is a legacy in my family. I have a great-great-grandfather who's been praying, been praying for our family, been praying for a legacy. And it's so awesome to have this Bible. It is old. It is very, very old. And I love this. This is a thoughtful gift. I also love, I have a mentor in my life. And years and years ago, he passed away. He passed away, he was like 73 or, 73 or some years old. And he was a mentor in my life. He was actually Pastor Tom's father-in-law. And years ago, uh, I remember I had to do a first funeral, uh, what, early 2006 or something. And, uh, and so I went to him and he said, I'll teach you how to write a funeral message. And it was one of my first funerals as a youth pastor. It was a young man. 
unfortunately, and, and so he kind of helped me write a funeral message, and I remember showing up, and because he was so young, the, uh, the place was full of people for your first funeral message, and I remember standing up to the platform, so nervous, nervous that I wouldn't represent Christ well, not about how I do, but can I represent Jesus and do a great job, and I remember looking over in the corner, he slipped in from the side office, 70-some years old, sat down, and he's the only one in the auditorium smiling, and when I looked at him, he went, like, you got this. And I said, okay, I'm going to preach. Come on. In Jesus' name. I mean, ha. But he left a legacy in my heart. He had a discipleship group. I met with him frequently and often. And then after he passed away, he actually passed away on his way to come hear me preach at the church. And after he passed away, his wife gave me his Bible. And I love this Bible because he had one every year. And in this Bible, has got all these highlighting markings in there. I can see his little handwriting. And I'm going, what a legacy. What a legacy. I want to leave a legacy that's going to go beyond me. Can I get an Amen. Psalms 112, verse 5, it says, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, their con they, who conduct their affairs with justice. Psalms 112, verse 6 says this, Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will be remembered forever. I love that legacy helps us to remember. Now this year, we had a great hero of the faith. called His name was Billy Graham, Dr. Billy Graham. He passed away this year. Many of us, we know him. If you don't know him, you can simply Google, Google his name. And he left a tremendous legacy. But also someone in, uh, that was not, that's not really known in, in the United States, but more overseas. His name was Evangelist Reinhard Bonke. Bonke. And I met him several years ago, about 2003. I got to meet him and see his ministry. And he is well known in Africa, in Nigeria. And this man passed away just, what, I believe last week or two weeks ago. And this man at one time had one service, and he had 1.7 million people in one church service. And he proclaimed the gospel to Jesus Christ. He preached. He doesn't preach. How many know you're thankful for Avenue Church? He didn't preach for one hour. He preached for four, five hours the gospel message of Jesus Christ. He saw uh, the dead raised. He saw people heal. He saw people set free. But he saw people give their lives to Jesus Christ. What is that? That is a legacy that he's left. That through his ministry, 77 million people accepted Jesus Christ. Come on. You know what that is, church? You can give God a shot for that. I'm pumped up because through, through one man that was willing to say, yes, I'll go, 77 million people begin to found Jesus. What if a united body called Avenue Church in Sin City? How many know I love my city? The Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So guess what? This is grace city. This is God's city that we can make an impact for Jesus Christ, for his praise and his glory. I ain't playing around today. I'm going to calm down, right? Are you okay, babe? You okay? But here's what legacy is. Now, he passed away, but his legacy will never fade away. Because his legacy was Jesus. It was Jesus. And here's what legacy really is. It's not just what people remember when we're gone. I believe with all my heart, legacy is what God remembers when we're gone. What God remembers when we're gone. See, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work. Don't you see that on the screens today? God will not forget your work. Now hear me out. The Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, not by our works. So do not try to do all the good works to get into heaven. God sees your heart. 
So we don't work to get into heaven. All we got to do is receive the free gift that God worked for. That God said, I died on a cross so you could have something free called salvation and eternal life. So we're saved by grace through faith so we can have Jesus in our heart. But then there's a different kind of work. And that work is God will not forget our work and the love you have shown him as you help his people and continue to help him. Right? Well, I don't like helping people. Then you got to love God. Because God helps us to love people by the works that we do. And i got to tell you, 18, God will not forget your work. God, if you're in this room and you feel like no one notices your work, God notices your work. God sees that you're going the extra mile at your workplace. God sees that you're coming here on Sunday morning and you're sitting up and you're tearing down. God sees 18 when you're in Avenue Kids and you're instilling the gospel message into our children and they're going to grow into you and say, I remember Stacy. I remember uh, Brittany or Christian. I remember them way back then. They told me about Jesus and it stuck to my heart. How many know we have a legacy, but God sees it. God sees the work that we have done, and you've shown him as you help his people and continue to help them. You know, I remember one morning, I was a teenager. I was in the truck with my dad in North Dakota, that's where I grew up, and uh, we're going down the highway, and we see a stranded car. So my dad pulls over and goes, hey, what you need? And the guy's like, I mean, I ran out of gas. I need gas. And in North Dakota, you know, we have, everyone has a pickup. You know, my dad has four-wheelers and motorcycles. And so we always had a tank of gas, a little, little portable tank in the back of our truck. Why? Because Dakota, all right? And so uh, he pulled the tank out. So I got gas. We gave him gas right there and right then. And the guy was like, thank you so much. And your dad's like, you bet. He's like, can I give you anything? My dad's like, nope. And so we get in the truck. And I remember my dad said a statement. He said, well, I'm good. My, my one good deed is done for the day. I mean, you've heard that before, right? Like, I did my good deed, I'm done for the day. I always took that to heart by saying, man, if I could do a good deed, right, if I could do something good every single day, if I could make an impact in somebody's life every single day. But can I challenge you, church, that it's, a, it's not we're going to do a good deed and then I'm good for the rest of the day. It's not just, hey, I, I met my quota for the day or I gave a little bit for the day. How many know it's not a good deed? It's a lifestyle, it's a lifestyle of generosity that we say, hey, I freely receive, so I freely give. I freely give. And so here's what, I love this uh, real quick scripture. Psalms chapter 65, verse 11. And this scripture verse hit me right between the eyes this week. Psalms 65, verse 11. And it says this, that you crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. So whatever your year looked like in 2019, we're just going to crown it. I'm crowning the year, but our carts will overflow with abundance. I really feel in my heart that that's our word for 2020 as a church. It's overflow. It's overflow. It's overflow. It's overflow. God, I'm going to overflow with your presence. I'm going to overflow with signs and wonders and miracles. God, I want to overflow out of this building. I want their checking account to overflow. I want, I want you to be able to see that grace and mercy of God to overflow in your family. I want to see an overflow of salvation, an overflow right out of this building. Why? Because it's the year of overflow. How many need an overflow today in your life? And you say, 2020, it's going to be my best year yet. A year of overflow. Because that's what my God says. That's what my Bible says. It's a year of overflow. And I begin to realize that what we do for ourselves usually dies with us. There's no overflow. 
But what we do for others lives beyond us. It lives beyond us. That is overflow. Overflow. You know when there's an overflow, we don't have to keep it all for ourselves. When there's an overflow, we say give and give and give. There's an overflow in my life. And so here's how we're currently leaving a legacy at our church. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus was here on this planet. Before he went up to heaven, he said, and you will be my witnesses. He said, go therefore, you'll be my witnesses. How many know, I'm so grateful God said, go. He didn't say, stay where you're at, let nobody know about you, be the best kept secret in Las Vegas, Nevada. He said, go, go therefore, and be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is your first time in church, you have no idea what I'm talking about, right? You're like, oh, cool, J-Town. Yeah, I like J-Town. But Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, he's using their current geography. And so for us today, this would better translate as, you will be my witnesses. I need Avenue Church, I need you to go be my witness in Las Vegas, in Nevada, in United States, and in the world. How many of Las Vegas could be Pahrump, come on somebody, or Boulder City, come on somebody, or Overton, come on somebody. But Las Vegas, Nevada, United States, and the world. And so we have four legacy lanes that we do here at this church. Four legacy lanes that we do at this church because we can't do everything, but we're going to do something. We're going to do something. We might be a small church comparing to other churches, but how many know we're small, but we're mighty. We're faithful. We're faithful. So here's four legacy lanes that we have. Number one is local missions. It's local missions. I love that Jesus didn't say, I need you to go to the ends of the earth to Samaria, Judea, Jerusalem. He, he said it in order for a reason. He said, hey, that's great, but number one, I think your greatest mission feels your backyard. I think it's right here in the city of Las Vegas, your coworker, your friends, your family, those that you do life with, your cashier, those that, that you interact with on a daily basis. That number one, local missions is, our, is our, one of our focused areas. Now, every single thing that we do, we partner with Project 150, Catholic Charities, wonderful organizations in our town. It is my desire not to reinvent the wheel. It's my desire to partner with great life-giving organizations that are making an impact in our city. But every single thing that we do leads somebody to Jesus. It leads somebody to Jesus. I'm going to talk about international missions in a minute, but I love that we went to, I went to El Salvador, and we fed children lunch for that day. But not only do they feed them, they help them farm. That's the same way in Las Vegas. Is you know what? I'm going to feed you, but I'm going to teach you how you can feed yourself. And so here in Las Vegas, say, hey, you know what? I'm going to love you. I'm going to bless you. But you need the source of all hope, and that is Jesus Christ. It's going to make an impact in your life. And so local missions. And so I want to just share with you, there's so many different things and videos I could show for the local missions part. But last year, we have documented salvations. Now, a documented salvation is not the hands that are raised. At the end of every message. And so at the end of every message, some people raise their hand. They take a huge step of faith to say, I want to pray for me. Please pray for me. We don't count those. Because that's between you and God. But what we do is we count the connect cards. That many of you, when you gave your life to Jesus, you prayed a prayer and you said, God, this is it. You begin to check mark, I gave my life to Jesus or I recommitted my life. And so that means that's what documented salvation is. And so last year, in 2018, 106 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Come on. It's amazing. Now check this out. 
In 2019, come on, in 2019, 143 people gave their life to Jesus. That's why we do what we do. Since we launched our church just three years ago, 316 people have given their lives to Jesus. That's amazing. That's why we do what we do, church. That's why we do what we do. It's not us, it's him. It's all about God. 316, I'm going to kick something. I'm going to knock something over. But also, though, 99 people got water baptized at our church. 99 people. I was looking for that one, all right? Did we miss one? <laughs> Where's that one at? Right? I need 100. Come on, where's he at? Let's go find a sink right now. Let's do it. But 99 people took this big step and made their faith public. Made their faith public. We have so many different numbers that we can share with you. But that's not, it's not just people giving their lives to Jesus. But how many people at this church are growing deep in their relationship with Jesus? How many people in this church are knowing God, they're finding freedom, discovering their purpose, and making a difference? You know what the greatest miracle is? It's not just somebody getting resurrected from the dead or limbs coming up or ears being opened. The greatest miracle is salvation. That's new life in Jesus Christ. And so, church, we have many different partnerships in the valley that we have given to, we have served, we have partnership with, educate, elevate here in town, all the different things that I could share with you. But we have a new one that we're partnering with in January coming up, and it's called the Dream Center in Stone Creek. And so we have a picture real quick, but there is an old polygamous home that was owned by Warren Jeffs, and he was a cult leader. And so he had many different wives. Now he's in prison for uh, just the terrible things that he's done. But how many know whatever the devil intends for evil, God turns it around for good. God turns it around for good. And so now one of his wives inherited the home because he's in prison, right? And so what she's done is she's given it 100% totally free to the local church. She gave it to the Dream Center. And so now what we're doing is we're renovating rooms because this room on this side, it's like kind of cold and dark, and that's what they lived in. Well, now we're going to go in, we're going to renovate rooms, and we're going to make it a beautiful place to live, but it's now become a rehabilitation center. We are rehabilitating women and men and families. So I'm excited for that. So what we're going to do is our, our, our generosity is going to go towards that. We're going to buy furniture and all kinds of different things. We're going to paint. All right? I'm wearing a blue collar today, but I'm not blue collar. All right? I need your help. I need painters. And I, need, I, need all kind, I need decorators, interior designers. I need your help. But we're all going to go together, and we're going to spend two days. Uh, there's different things we can do, right? We can go whether you drive two hours and you're there, drive back, spend the night. But we're going to, not only is there men's rooms and women's rooms, but Avenue Church, we get to have a family room. We get to have a unit where a family is going to live and stay together and find Jesus together and to find hope and healing together. And we're going to provide a wonderful environment for that. We're going to renovate it, decorate it, and pray for it. Pray for it. How many know that's a legacy? That is a legacy that we're going to leave right in our backyard. And there's a question that's been burning in my spirit. See, right now, over 4,000 churches close every year across the United States. How many know the gates of hell will not prevail against this church, right? Jesus said, I will build this church. I will build this church. But if our church ever closes doors, would our city miss it? If our church ever closes doors, would our city miss us? Would our city miss us? That we didn't plan a church to only reach a community. We started a church to reach a city. We want to make an impact 
And here's what I love about Las Vegas. I think we get to kind of cheat a little bit. The Bible says go there for, right, and, and, and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But what I love about Las Vegas is that it is the entertainment capital of the world. People from all across the world are coming to the city of Las Vegas. And we've got Philippines over here, right? What's up? Philippines are here for Christmas Eve, right? We get to have an impact across the world. I wanted a shirt, but they won't give me one. That's right. I love you guys. <laughs> But here's what, I'm not going to put this on the website, but this is just me thinking this week, that if Jesus comes back and all this, because I mean, you know, church is, it's just, our church is not a one-generation church. It's multiple generations. The, the Avenue Church, we're not just a portable church. We're, we're here to stay in Jesus' name. This church is for my son and, and for my kids' kids and your kids' kids and your children's children. This is a multi-generational church. How many know 25 people were in Avenue Live, Avenue Youth this last Thursday? 17 teenagers. It's amazing. Just last Sunday, across right in that other building at Avenue Kids, we had 76 kids. Come on, get on the A-team. Get on the A-team. But they're making an impact. But here's what's on my heart. If someone ever looked at our church, this is what they would say. Avenue Church, they left a life-giving church in the heart of Las Vegas. In the heart of Las Vegas where people from all around the world found a relationship with God instead of religion. Found a relationship instead of religion. And through that relationship, they have found freedom. They found hope. They found healing that will last through generations. Can I share a verse that bugs me? Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Jesus told them, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. It's right before you. It's right here. You know Las Vegas Raiders are not coming here by accident. Come on, Raider Nation, yeah. But the harvest is coming. The harvest is tomorrow. The harvest is at our workplace. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest fields. So number one is our local city, our local missions. Number two is our national mission. is United States. And one of the greatest ways that we believe we can reach the United States is by planting life-giving churches. That right now, a life-giving church plant is still one of the greatest ways to reach the unchurched. Because it's not a traditional building. It's not a traditional service. It's, hey, we're in a school. Hey, we're in a movie theater. Hey, we're in a rec center. Come and, come and do church. And so because of your generosity, we're helping churches launch. That that's why we partner with ARC, Associated Related Churches, to help coach. We just coached two this year. To help invest. But also we're going to launch life-giving churches. So I want you to watch this real quick video of what your generosity did in just church planners in 2019.
Come on, give God a praise today. Give him a shout. Amazing. It's amazing. And you know, when we started our church, that's what Ark did for us. And they gave us 15,000 uh, matching funds to help us start this thing. And I'm proud to tell you that we paid back $42,900. And it all went back to life-giving churches. It all went back to life-giving churches. And so today's legacy offering, not only will it go to local, but also it will go to more and more church plants in 2020. It's been over 800. It's getting closer to 900 now. Uh, churches all across America and across the world. But today's legacy offering will not only build life-giving churches that will change communities, but we've also planned a surprise Christmas blessing to a new church planner that he launched this year and um, pretty close to our backyard. And he gave all his life savings, gave up much of his money. And he didn't come to us. We just heard about a need. And so because of your generosity, church, we gave him a check on Avenue Church's behalf and said, you cannot spend it on your church. You, only, you need to spend this on your family so you can have a Christmas. And so, church, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. So thank you. Thank you that we can bless others. Thank you that we can make an impact. All right? And thank you for letting your pastor cry like a real man. All right? All right, get back. Huh? What are you looking at? <laughs> number one is local missions, inter uh, national missions. Number three is international missions. This offering, this legacy offering, and forgive me if I haven't prefaced this, but if you're, uh, preface this, if you're, if you're brand new today, you don't need to give. I just want you to receive all that God has. But our last one is international missions. But this is what we want to do to honor God in Las Vegas. United States, and all across this world. But legacy represents the heart of God. John 3.16 says, God so loved the whole world. And so we can want to respond to the cry of Jesus to go into all the world. And so there's wonderful organizations and things like that, but we, we all honed it down to one. So I want you to watch this real quick video while I get myself together. <laughs> For more than 30 years, we've been traveling across the globe, trekking to remote villages, bustling cities, communities near and far, delivering hope and freedom through God's Word. Through local churches around the world, One Hope has reached more than 1.5 billion children and youth with a gospel message. We equip others to effectively minister to young people in their communities. From the printed word to digital platforms, One Hope shares scripture programs in a relevant way to engage the next generation with truth from God's word. Every child should know that they have a purpose and are loved by their creator. Together, we can continue to go the distance and share the good news with the next generation. Join us in bringing God's word to 113 million children and youth this year. Come on. Now, I show you that video because not only are we partnering with One Hope, but also I need you to get your passports ready, and we're going to have our first missions trip in the summer of 2020 to Latin America. 
to Latin America. So I want you to make sure you get your passports ready. We'll have all kinds of opportunities, more information, the uh, exact location where we're going to go. But not only do we give financially across the world, but we're going to go uh, for God's praise and God's glory. And so also the offering also continues to help out with our international partnership with Convoy of Hope. You, uh, every single Sunday, if you're new here and you check mark first-time guests, we get $5 on your behalf to what we call Feed One. So I want you to watch this video real quick on Feed One. Hey, Avenue Church, this is your pastor, Jeremy Bosma, and I am at a school right here in Tacuba, El Salvador. It's just two hours west of the capital, and I just met some really cool kids today. We were able to help feed them lunch, and that is all provided by Convoy of Hope through their Feed One program. What's so cool is that they're feeding over 67,000 children in this country, but their goal is to have 100,000 children sponsored by 20. 21. And not only are they giving them um, three meals a day for the entire month, they're also resourcing them with life skills and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we want to try to fill in that gap as a church in Las Vegas because we move at the speed of your generosity. And so if we can be able to do that, we would love for you to prayerfully consider partnering with Feed One so that our reach can go beyond our city, beyond our country, and all across the world. I love you, church, and God's doing amazing things through Feed One. Come on. See me rocking that, that jersey? Come on, somebody. But church, thank you. Thank you for leaving a legacy. It goes beyond these walls. And so today, it's not my, I, don't, I never want to twist anyone's arm. I never want to say we're going to do an offering. And, and I want you to know we, we still we commit to our vision of never passing a bucket. So bucket's not going to come down the aisles, but everyone has an envelope on your seat. And all I want to do today is for you to ask God. I even said at this last service, ask God for an amount. And my prayer is he'll give you that amount. But don't give more than that amount. God's not looking for so much. He's looking for obedience. But I believe it's not the size of the amount, but it's the amount of the participation. Now, church, can we leave a legacy together? That I've learned long ago. It's when all of us do a little, together we do a lot. And how appropriate is it during this Christmas season that for one who gave, that God, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give so I can leave a legacy life. I got four real quick points, real quick, I believe three. So how do I leave a legacy life, Pastor? That God, I want, I want 2020, even starting today, I want to be someone who leaves a legacy. Maybe I've been distracted, maybe I've been all those different things. But I want to leave a legacy. Number one, how do I leave a legacy? I believe with all my heart, legacy people, we have, they have an eternal mindset. Eternal means a heavenly mindset. That you, well, I can give you this now, but what can I give you that will leave a lasting impact for generations to come? See, legacy people, they see life through the lens of eternity. You know, just a couple weeks ago, I had to go to a funeral of one of my former students. His name was Chris Clark. Just an amazing man of God, way too young. But every single person that talked, they always said, man, he was his, he, the happiest I ever saw Chris was worshiping. 
at his keyboard. He'd go to summer camps with us. I mean, he was a phenomenal man of God. But you know what his legacy was? His legacy was he was pointing people to Jesus. At the end of that funeral, we worshiped. Nicole was there as well. We worshiped and sang songs. and uh, I mean, we sang his favorite song, but we honored God. And we thank God that Chris was in a place of no more pain. But Jesus came to this earth with the intention of leaving an eternal legacy. That we got to have an eternal mindset. That I've done so many funerals over the past 15 years that I've never seen a U-Haul parked at a funeral. Because when we die, our stuff doesn't go with us. Our stuff stays here. And so God, I pray with all my heart, when I go to be with the Father, I pray my stuff that I leave behind leaves a legacy. It leaves a legacy. It leaves a legacy. John chapter 4, verse 35, it says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Come on, church. Our city's ripe. Our country's ripe. Our world is ripe for a harvest. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, so don't look at the troubles we see now. All right, how many are in this room? You're like, I got 99 problems, all right? I got plenty of trouble. But don't look at those troubles, for we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. It'll last forever. See, the goal isn't to live on earth forever, but it's to leave something that does, to leave a legacy. Number one, legacy people have an eternal mindset. Number two, legacy people understand sacrifice. We understand sacrifice. I believe with all my heart, no one makes a difference without giving up something. Legacy people understand sacrifice. See, legacy people choose to do less for themselves so they can do more for others. That's what it's all about, church. But I've realized the more we give, the more fulfillment we feel in our hearts, the more fulfillment we have in our life. You know, my grandpa, he's 87 years old. He'd been married for 67 years to his wife, my grandma. And uh, four years ago now, we sat across the dinner table and I said, Grandpa, my wife and I, we feel that God's placed it in our hearts to start a church. Like I feel like, like we, would, we, would be, we would be disobedient if we didn't start Avenue Church. And so what I told him, I said, Grandpa, we're going to start a church. And he said, you sure? <laughs> I said, no, no, Grandpa, I'm not sure, no. He said, are you sure? And he looked nervous. I was like, come on, Grandpa. We, you know, if Jesus said it, we can do it. And he laughed and all that, you know. But he said, you know what? And I never knew the story. But he said, you know what? When your grandma and I were just married, this is 1970. In 1970, when they were just married, they got part of a great church. It was a young church. And this church said, you know what? We need to, we're going to start a church. We need to buy a building. Because back then in the 70s, they didn't know what portable meant, right? We don't, we, we don't know what portable church is and none of that. And so what they did was they said, you know what? The, the church will give, uh, the bank will give us half the loan, but we got to raise the other half. So 1970, they said, who will give and, and who will pledge? And also my grandpa was sitting in the service, felt impressed by God, and he said, I'll give $10,000. My grandma went, what? Right? Looked at him, oh, are you crazy? And how many know he's a farmer in a small, small town? in North Dakota. And so they got in the car and my grandma looked at him and she said, where are you going to get $10,000 from? Now I did the homework. In 1970, 
$10,000 is the equivalent of $63,000 today. All right, so $10,000 was like worth a lot in the 70s. And so my grandma looked at him and she said, where are you going to get that money from? And grandpa said, I don't know. I have no idea. I love how grandma's like, where are you going to get it from? I don't know. And grandpa said, I don't know. And he told me on the phone this week, he said, the moment I said, I don't know, God reminded me that he's living in North Dakota, but he had a field, he had land in Arizona. And that land they purchased years ago, and that land was going to be their retirement. That's where we're going to retire. That's where we're going to uh, settle down once we get out of the farming business, and we're going to go to Arizona. And my grandpa said, you know what? I'm going to sell that land. We're going to sell that property. And so he sold it for $8,000 and found another $2,000. But my grandma said, Grandpa, you can't sell it. That's our retirement. That's, my grandma's a planner, all right? My grandpa's like, praise God, you know? They, and your grandma's like, we got a plan to play. We got to stick to the plan. And my grandpa told my grandma this. He said, maybe God, maybe God wants a church in North Dakota more than he wants a home in Arizona. And here's what I love about that story. It's not he gave a sacrifice and the church took him for all his money. That's not what the story is. When he gave his $10,000, he told me that God gave him his dream home because the land that he had purchased ended up being in a small town in Arizona. But then God gave him land right in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona. And then he said, he told me, God gave us our dream home and our dream RV, and they're living the dream in retirement. And he credits all that back to obedience. Church, I'm convinced to tell you that what we call sacrifice, what, what, I'm here to tell you, church, I got to say this right. What others call sacrifice, we call it legacy. What others call sacrifice, we call it worship. Worship. It doesn't belong to me anyways. It all belongs to God. And I got to tell you, with my grandpa and along with a handful of amazing people, he's one of our biggest givers because he understands legacy. Church, because of your giving, because of your sacrificial giving, 316 people have found Jesus. Hundreds of people know God, found freedom. They're discovering their purpose. Man, they're making a difference. Our city is better because of your generosity. You know, our giving has opened the door for others to hear Jesus, has opened the door for generosity. And so number three, legacy people have a sense of urgency. A sense of urgency. It's not I need to do my good deed today. It's I need to leave a legacy. I need to leave an impact. That legacy people make the most of every single day. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16 says, Be very careful then how you live. Don't live as unwise do, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. I'm convinced the happiest people in this world are those that make the most of every opportunity. They make the most of every opportunity. No regrets. No shoulda, woulda, coulda. But they simply said, I trust God with eternity in mind. And so I want to ask you, church, today, what are you believing for? What are you believing for God to do in your life? But let's be able to see what God can do through you and through this church. I'm excited what God's going to do. I want to pray with you. I want to have a moment together where we go into a worship song. We have envelopes on your seat where you can hold on that envelope and you can ask God.
Say, God, what would you like for me to give today? See, the three wise men gave as part of the Christmas story. A gift fitted for a king. That Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 says, Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude. When you think of how God made us worthy to receive the glorious inheritance. So you can stand with me, please. I would love to pray with you this morning real quick. Stand with me, please. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for this great church. Father, I'm excited for Christmas Eve at Avenue Church on Tuesday night. And Father, I pray for everyone that's here today. Help us to live with eternity in mind. Help us to make an impact every single day. That God, I thank you for the honor of leaving a legacy in Las Vegas, in Nevada, the United States, and all across the world. That Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus for those that are here today that say, God, I want to live today as if this will be a day that will be remembered. And so, Father, I pray for those that are here today. Maybe you say, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus into my life. Or maybe you say, you know what, I once knew him, but I've fallen out of love with God, and I'm ready to take a step towards Jesus today. Did you know, church, the greatest legacy you can leave is a godly one for your spouse, for your children, for your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren is a godly legacy. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you're here to pray a prayer today, and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, come on. Come on. Come on.